Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Tonight I want to share a word with you that is simple, but don't mistake it for not being profound. Because the simplest of things can be the most profound. Many of you would have grown up in school with Aesop's fables. Stories that had an analogy or a moral at the end. One of the most famous is the story of the crow and the pitcher. A crow was dying of thirst, was flying around looking for water. Crows are very intelligent birds. And as the crow looked around for ponds, he noticed a pitcher and he recognized there's water in things like that. So he landed, hopped over to the pitcher, looked inside and saw indeed there was water, but it was right at the bottom and his beak couldn't reach. So he hopped around trying different angles. Eventually he stepped back and for a moment he paused. Then he began to pick up stones and drop them into the pitcher. One by one, one by one, hopping around, looking for the ones that he could manage. And so on and on this went. Over a period of about a half an hour, he picked up little stones, one by one, and he dropped them into the pitcher until he looked over and saw the water level had risen because of the stones. He began to drink and he flew off refreshed. Aesop says the moral of the story is this, little by little, success is sure. Little by little, success is sure. You know what I've discovered? God often works little by little. Have you noticed that? You know that if you're going to climb a mountain, you don't jump over it in one leap. You take a step by step, one pebble by pebble. Isn't that true? If you're going to run a race, one of our team recently ran a 90-kilometer race, 180,000 steps. You don't do it in leaps and bounds. You do it little by little. When the world had a sin problem and God needed to deal with the sin of the entire world, you know what He did? He sent a baby Jesus who grew up little by little. Jesus could have appeared. Don't you think if Jesus had appeared at 30, ready-made on the earth, it would have been like, wow. But God said, no. Little by little. Then at 30 years old, you'd think if anyone could cause his ministry to excel in three months, arrive on the, speak, get known, get the job done. No, little by little, he preached here, there. Miracle here. He trained his disciples who little by little eventually got it. God works by the little by little principle. And I want to unpack tonight the little by little principle. If you've become impatient with the way God works, remember He seldom does miracles. That's why they're called miracles. Believe for miracles, but He mostly works by the little by little principle. Five things tonight as I unpack this. Number one, we possess God's promises little by little. You seldom find God's promises that He makes to you coming to pass in all, or all in one year or all in one season. They unfold in your life. Give us this day our daily bread, not seven loaves on Monday so we don't need to bother you. It's an unfolding of the purposes of God. And sometimes when we have to wait for God to do things little by little, we think He's letting us down. But delay is not denial. 
God says, I've got a timing. I've got a purpose. And He's almighty, powerful, amazing, awesome. But somehow when He takes long, we think He's not amazing and awesome. I want to read you a passage of Scripture of which we're going to read two accounts. One now, and in a couple of minutes, I'll read another one. But Deuteronomy chapter 7, we read about how God dealt with Israel and how He worked with them. And you will see some interesting things, how He talks about His will, He talks about His promises. From verse 17, you can read it on the screen with me. He's speaking to Israel and He says, you may say to yourselves, these nations, pay attention to that, nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. Stay with me here. Remember the word nations. Remember the words, remember well. Are you all there? Then he says, you saw with your own eyes the great trials, the signs, the wonders, watch this, the mighty hand and outstretched arm with which the Lord your God brought you out. You've seen his power. Now watch, here's the first promise. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples, nations you now fear. Moreover, second time, the Lord your God will send the hornet among them until even the survivors who hide from you have perished. In other words, I'm going to do everything. Nothing's going to be left undone. He goes on to say, again, verse 21, do not be terrified by them for the Lord your God who is among you is a great and awesome God. Is it up there? Are you all alive? He's a great and awesome God. And it says, the Lord your God third time will drive out those nations before you. But here's the caveat, little by little, you will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once or the wild animals will multiply around you. God's got reasons why he does things little by little, but that doesn't take away from the power he has, the awesomeness he has, the great, great promises he's given. And we grow impatient in an instant society because we want it now. God says, trust me, hold on to my promises. I work mostly by the little by little principle. Now he mentions nations and peoples here. And there were three key ones that were mentioned in the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Exodus. There are a number of tribes, but there were three key ones. If you're making notes or you're taking pictures, you can take pictures with your camera. It makes me feel famous when I see the flashes. But there were three. Firstly, there were the Hivites. And the Lord says, I'm going, to, I'm going to deal with these people. The Hivites were people who lived in the villages, in the low-lying areas, in the small villages. And what the Lord is saying is, there are small people in your life. If I grow you quickly, you'll become arrogant and you'll treat people as though they're beneath you. But I'm going to do it little by little so that eventually you outgrow the small people in small worlds and they'll realize they can't hang out with you and you'll realize that you need to move on. But I'll do it gradually, otherwise you'll be resented. Secondly, the Canaanites were the second group. They were the merchants and the business people, the entrepreneurs, the wealthy, if you like. The Lord says, I'm going to slowly increase your wealth. It's not like I give you the lottery. Slowly but surely, you're going to find your place in business, in your job, in income. Churches are like that too. They grow until they become stronger and more able to do more in the community, able to build bigger buildings. It's a little by little process until you're not intimidated by those with money, those with wealth. You have your own strength, your own position, your own career, your own business. That's God's plan. And lastly, the Hittites, they were the warriors 
the ones who dominated Israel. The Lord says there's things in your life that are dominating you now. People that are dominating you. Habits that are dominating you. Don't think you're going to overcome overnight. It's little by little. One day you'll look back and you'll be bigger, wealthier, stronger than you ever were. But I do it little by little. It's a principle by which God works. Are you with me tonight? Surely, but surely God does it. Have you noticed that people who win the lottery often get a huge amount of money and end up poor again after a little while? It's because you've got to grow as well. And it's interesting, this principle that works in the spiritual works in the natural. People tell me, I put on weight and I don't know how. It's my thyroid. It must be my mother. No, no, no. It's little by little, usually during the World Cup or the tennis. And you don't realize. You don't get into debt overnight. It's one tap at a time and you don't keep track Uh, get behind me satan no he's in iran he's not here it's little by little isn't that true your life doesn't get it no marriage gets into trouble suddenly it's usually little by little i tell our pastors this if someone phones you up three o'clock in the morning and says pastor you need to come quickly my husband and i or my wife and i are fighting i tell them you tell them go back to bed I'm going to sleep. I'll see you tomorrow. You say, oh, you're one of those big churches. You've lost your heart for people, eh? No, that problem that they've got did not start that night at 12 o'clock. It's been developing for weeks. Now they want the wizard to come and fix it up. Super pastor, put on the cape. Here I come. No, 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 no. You need to come for counseling and not just once. You need to come repeatedly in the daylight hours. Because this thing did not just happen overnight and will not be fixed overnight. It's a little by little principle. Look at your neighbor, say little by little. Don't roll your eyes. Are you being helped tonight? The second thing about the little by little principle is this. God allows slow processes to grow us. He allows slow processes to grow us. You know, sometimes in communities where people are quite wealthy and they've struggled in their lives, when their children reach their teenage years, they often do things for them to bless them because they didn't have it. In our community, one of our campuses, the people are pretty well off. A lot of them are. And so what happens when the kids go to high school, what the parents do is brand new golf for each one. My kids need to go to university. I'm like, geez, if we got a secondhand car, it would be a dream. Everyone would pile into it. And sometimes the kids are not mature enough to look after that car. So they crash it. They end up getting killed. We've had a number of young people that happen to. Because they are not big enough for the bigness of what they're receiving. And sometimes God's got to grow you before he can grow your life. Notice this verse here in Proverbs 20, verse 21. Two translations. The NLT says this. An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. Really? Give me the money and let me find out for myself. How can a blessing not be a blessing? Well, you're not big enough to handle it. Notice it says in the good news, the more easily you get your wealth, the less good it will do you. So God causes us to wait while he grows us. His promises are not null and void. Delay is not denial. He's just busy growing you so that you can receive and manage it and steward it properly. 
Let's read another passage of the same account that I read in Deuteronomy from Exodus 23. Are you all still breathing? Exodus 23. The Lord here promising again. Notice the three I wills. I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites out of your way. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Here's the caveat. Little by little, I will, again the promise, drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Don't become impatient. Just grow some new wood every day like a strong tree. Isn't it interesting that David, when he built his palace, he built it out of cedar wood because cedars are the slowest growing trees, but they're strong and they last long. God doesn't want bamboo Christians who shoot up and wither. He wants cedars of Lebanon that can be in his house where his glory can dwell and he can do something permanent. Write these four things down tonight if you're making notes or just listen and look interested. This is what you need to remember when you become impatient. Number one, and, 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 and let me say this, how many of you know God is a good God? So notice what I'm saying. God has a good track record. This good God has a good track record. When you're impatient, remember what He's done before. Remember He said, remember well? Don't forget, He's got a good track record. Number two, God has good intentions. He's got bad intentions, not holding out on you. He's got very good intentions to bless you. He's going to drive out the enemy. Number three, God has good timing. He says, I won't do it in a single year. You say, Lord, I want it now. Look at what so-and-so has got. He says, just wait. I've got good intentions. I've got a very good track record. I've got good timing. But number four, I've got good reasons. God has good Reasons that sometimes we do not know. And most of the time, his reasons are he wants to build us, not break us. You'll notice he held out on Israel here because he was growing them and he was protecting them. So God needs to grow us. We possess his promises little by little. Number three is very important for you to remember. Tonight, we deteriorate and consecrate little by little. We deteriorate and we consecrate, we go backwards or we go forwards, little by little. When I first got saved, I wanted to come to the front at every meeting and be prayed for. Prayed to get rid of smoking, which I did get free from. I smoked dope for a while because I couldn't find a verse. People would say to me, you shouldn't smoke dope. I'd say, why not? The Bible says he has given you the herbs of the field. So I'd get stoned and I'd come to church and the Bible would be amazing. Wow, man, this is deep. And to my wife's horror, this continued for a couple of months and eventually I relinquished it. And there were people around me who were just, they got saved and they, you know, those people who just accelerate, they catch everything, they're on the platform, they're leading and there you are in the background. But guess what? Some of those people are not serving Jesus today. They backslidden because they were bamboo Christians, but we just little by little walked with him. Today we run a fairly large church and a strong ministry because it's the little by little principle. You consecrate little and you deteriorate little. Now, let me focus for a moment on the deterioration. And I want to say this to you tonight so that you can guard your life. Because a lot of people don't notice. That's why it's called backsliding. You don't fall back, you backslide. You deteriorate without noticing it. Let me give you an illustration. There's a Chinese woman who at 80 years old had severe back problems 
and was bent over. She went to one of the clinics and they examined her in China and they diagnosed her with severe spinal neuron damage. She said, well, you know, where's this come from? They said, well, we've noticed by taking your blood and looking at your spine and extracting fluid that you lack vitamin B12. Wow, she says. They asked her about a diet and she said, yes. When I was a young lady, I took uh, a, I went on a vegetarian diet because they told me I could lose a lot of weight. So I went from 55 kilos to 44 kilos. Uh, very, very happy. Oh, very happy. Well... Her weight was not the issue. For decades, she deprived herself of vitamin B12. As a result, her spine is curved. She's got severe damage and she's bent over. Now, how many of you know that when you're in hospital like this, bent over, you can't say, oh, vitamin B12. No, you don't just stand up. I want to ask you tonight, if you deprive yourself of meetings, I don't need to come to church, World Cups on. I was a, you know, the last guy wasn't that good. No, no, you, you, you're missing the point. We deteriorate. We deteriorate little by little. You've got to get the word. You've got to be in prayer. You've got to be in church. You don't know when God's going to speak to you. You need, the, you need the influence of your leaders. You need your pastors, your shepherds, your, your connect group leaders. You need fellowship to keep your nutrients because you can't get an injection. In South Africa, pastors are promising people meetings where they can come and they can, everything can be solved overnight. They just pray for you and your, your mortgage is cancelled and everything comes right in your marriage. And people pack there and they bring money, but they go away with the same problems. God works little by little. And you've got to make sure that you look after yourself because if you're bent out of shape tonight, it didn't happen overnight. You now need to get the nutrients in again so that you can stand up tall. We deteriorate little by little. Who are you hanging around with? You say, oh man, you know, we're not religious in our church, you know. Well, you've you got to be very measured because sometimes you think your light is putting out the darkness. But maybe their darkness is putting out your light. You better be very careful. The Bible does say this. It says bad company corrupts good morals. It doesn't say good morals fix bad company. Salvation fixes bad company. So let me just, let me just take a moment here. Many of you would know of a sea snail called a whelk. There are many of them all over the coastline of Australia. They look harmless. They're different sizes. They come in big and small. And you can look at them and think, snail. But a whelk's a very interesting creature. What it does is it gently slides along and it settles on things with shells. It particularly likes oysters. You can think, ah, this is harmless. What can a snail do? It's got a little appendage inside that comes out. Like a thickness of like a thin nail, like a panel pin. And it starts to drill through the shell. Usually lands on oysters, drills through the oyster, and it sucks the life out of the oyster. Till eventually when the sea snail slides on, the oyster is a shell of what it was before. wonder if there are people here that attend church. You're a shell, but no one knows the life has been sucked out of you. Because it's happened over a period, slowly but surely, you've lost your desire for prayer. You think, well, I know the word but you've lost something and it's happened slowly so you don't recognize it. Eventually you don't even raise your hand in a meeting because, oh, I'm a Christian. We've got to guard our lives. Because while God works by the little by little principle, the enemy also works by the little by little principle. Martin Luther said this because I think it's, it, it's true in his um, commentary to the Galatians. He said, nothing is more perilous than to be wary of the word of God. Thinking he knows enough 
person begins little by little to despise the word until he has lost Christ and the gospel altogether. Lost Christ and the gospel altogether? It happens little by little. Think of Lot. You know, it's interesting when you look at the character Lot in the Bible. The Bible says that he left Abraham and he planted his life and his tents or he camped near Sodom. The King James says he camped towards Sodom. Interesting thing that he camped towards Sodom. When you read in the book of 2 Peter, he is being rescued as we know. He had to be rescued from the middle of Sodom. Are you all with me tonight? Notice in 2 Peter what it says. Stay with me here. It says, and if he rescued Lot, first he was camped near, now he's being rescued, a righteous man, this is weird, who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless, for that righteous man, here's the key, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. I think he camped near, he thought his light would put out their darkness, but little by little, their darkness put out his light. And slowly but surely, sin didn't seem like sin anymore. And he began to compromise until he ended up living there and the Lord had to rescue him. What's happening in your life? You know, sometimes we're like sheep. We're so focused on eating and living and nibbling that we end up going over the cliff. It happens one bite at a time. But let's talk about consecration. You say, thank you, Jesus. I thought you were going to kill us tonight. <laughs> Consecration. You know, when you get saved, you can't suddenly get saved and give up everything. There's a process. Yeah. Young people, if you're here tonight and you think, wow, these people have been in ministry for years. I hear they did this and they gave that. and you, It happens. You healed little by little. Every time you're in a meeting, every time God speaks, just give him what he's asking for. Yeah. Because great men of faith like Abraham, who's called our father of faith, he wasn't an instant production. In Genesis 12, the Lord said to him, leave your country and your family. The Bible says, and he left, but he took Lot with him. If it was me, I would have been like, forget about Abraham. Half a Christian. Not leadership material. Not father of faith material. But then Lot caused trouble and there was strife and he consecrates and leaves Lot behind. He then goes to Egypt and trusts in Egypt, a picture of the flesh. The Lord says, leave Egypt because I've got a promise for you. He leaves Egypt over a period of years. Then his wife says, take Hagar, the maid, and have a child with her. And when your wife endorses it, usually the man goes for it. So he has a child and he thinks this is the promise. God says, let go. He says, oh, bless Hagar. The Lord says, no, no, let him go. Abraham, let's go of Hagar. By the time you get to Genesis 22, you've gone 10 chapters. The Lord says, offer your son Isaac, your, the one you love. The Bible says the next morning is up the mountain. You see, consecration is progressive till you can give your all. Don't think if you can't offer your son Isaac and give your all that you shouldn't begin the journey. Some of you tonight, when I pray at the end of the service, you might say, I'm not ready for this whole thing. Just take a step. Because that step when you leave country, God starts to, you give him something because God works by the little, by little principle. Am I making sense tonight? Yes. Number four, the fourth thing is this. We overcome and grow little by little. You don't just grow your spiritual life and you don't just overcome. There's a progression and it's little by little. Notice with me here in 2 Corinthians 3, what the apostle Paul says concerning our growth. 
And you may not have noticed the significance of these words. He says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, looking at Jesus, are being transformed into the same image, watch this, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Have you ever looked at a protractor? You know what a protractor is, those plastic things? Do you still use them at school? Everything's digital today. On their degrees, very little. But if you extrapolate it, it becomes a lot. If an aeroplane is one degree off when it takes off, it could be thousands of kilometers, of course, by the time it gets to its destination. God works in one degree, but it got, it's got massive ramifications long term. So you get born again as a baby. You think nothing's happening, but gradually you're growing as you keep your eyes on Jesus. And you can't just overcome overnight. A baby doesn't just learn to walk overnight. Is that true? Isaiah, in speaking about the born-again experience, tells us here in Isaiah 28, stay with me, to whom will he teach knowledge and to whom will he explain the message? Those who are weaned from the milk. Can you see it's like a born-again experience? Those taken from the breast. For it is precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. There's no instant perfection, no magic cures, no instantaneous growth. We overcome and grow little by little. Now, now remember this tonight, lest you think, oh, wow, then we shouldn't trust God for miracles. No, you must. But miracles are extraordinary. They're not normally the way God works. So Israel got manna in the wilderness. Isn't that wonderful? Every day there was a supernatural provision. And just by the way, manna is an interesting word. It's the two words, uh, two uh, like syllables put together, ma-na in the Hebrew. You know what it means? It means this, what is it? So Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So every day you ought to get up and read your Bible and not read stale stuff. You need to read and go, what is this? Fresh revelation. But go back. So he provides manna. He provides water. He opens the Red Sea. He has a pillar of fire. He sends quail. He gives them a cloud. Miracles. Are you with me? However, their growth took 40 years. So God works miracles and we need to expect them for healing and for growth and for, 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 your, for your body and so on. But when it comes to your spiritual growth and overcoming, give him time. Let him work because it doesn't just happen like that. Anytime people teach you that you can go to this certain convention, and I know this church would have special meetings. I'm not talking about that. These special conventions where the man of God is the one who's got the anointing and no one else has. And if you bring an offering to that meeting, your debt will be canceled. I'll tell you what, there's no such thing. You have to pay off a debt little by little. Because Harvey Norman doesn't care about debt cancellation in church. They want their money. Isn't that true? Your car payments. They're not interested in the debt cancellation. They want it paid off. And that's how God works. We just bought a new house. And the reason we bought a new house is we hadn't planned on it. I thought we'd probably spend the last years of our life in the house we're living. We were very happy. 12 years we were there. But what happened was the neighbors started becoming very noisy. And that's a whole story in itself. I had a rabbi with five daughters who believed that, that they were the only people in the estate. Anyway. So we decided to look around. But guess what? After 12 years of living there, a 20-year mortgage was already almost paid off, just a few dollars. You know why? We paid extra, little by little, every month. 
So suddenly when this house came up and this opportunity to move into a good, gated, safer state, which is very important in South Africa, we were able to take the opportunity. Now people could look and say, oh, he's a pastor of a big church. No wonder he lives in a big house. They don't understand that it didn't come from the church. It didn't come from the big church. It came from the little by little. I'm not telling you this to impress you. I'm just telling you this illustratively. I had to change my car. I had a car for six years and I really enjoyed it. For the men, 420 kilowatts, not to 100 and under four seconds. Lovely car, it was my toy. But I realized that for my wife's sake and for my reputation, I needed to sell it. And so I sold it. But guess what? When I went to buy a new car, because I had been putting money into my mortgage all along, even since I bought a house, I was able to draw money out and buy the car cash. So when I went to the dealer, I went with a different spirit. I don't need you. You need me. Phone me and tell me what you're going to do for me. Do you need finance? No, I don't. Do you need insurance? No, I don't. Guess the bargaining power. Where did it come from? Man of God. No. Little by little. Are you getting this? Warren Buffett is one of the most famous investors in the world. And people think, man, if only we could get his secrets. They don't know that at seven years old, he sold newspapers, took cool drink bottles back to the shop, worked in his grandpa's store and washed cars. That's why he's the investor he is today. Nothing happens just like that. Christian, don't get caught up in get-rich-quick schemes, even if they promise to pay your church a dividend. You know, if you do this for us out your church, no, it's, there's nothing other than the little by little principle. Notice here in Proverbs 13, verse 11, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. You know, we recently bought a building for our next campus. And uh, two years ago, I wanted to buy it, but we ended up in the media. Someone took a section of a sermon clip and began to tweet it, and it ended up on the television. We were accused of all sorts of things. I don't want to go into it. Google is full of it. Suffice to say, it's untrue, and our churches just continue to grow and explode. But we held back on the building, and we didn't purchase it, but I felt God gave me the building. I felt He had led me there. He had given the building. It was perfect for our next campus. Um, and uh, when I contacted them again, two, three months later, I know it had been sold. I was like, okay, all right, Lord, you've got something better. But we just waited and looked around, and we continued to put money in the bank, and our gifted givers are giving to our church. We just put the money away. Anyway, a year later, I was inquiring, you know, how's, how's that building? Have those people moved in? You know, I was wondering, maybe they'll sell it again. Oh, no, that sale fell through. Oh, or someone else bought it. Okay, God knows what he's doing. So two years down the road, two months ago, I said to, to my business manager, I've got a sense that that building is ours. I may be wrong. Just, just phone them. He phoned the estate agent. The guy said, that sale fell through. I said, we're buying it. Put an offer in, went to them. Uh, $5 million building. They took 500,000 less and didn't even ask because we came with cash because of the little by little principle. And when the owner looked at the offer because the other two fell through and we were coming with cash, he didn't even talk about the price. Just talked about the terms of the sale. Suffice to say, we bought the building and we're about to move in October. We'll open another campus. But this is what I'm saying to you. God's delays are not his denials. And sometimes he's doing something little by little, but because it didn't come the way we thought with the momentum and the razzmatazz, we think it's not going to happen. No, God works. But he works little by little. My last point tonight, number five, is this. Lasting success is achieved little 
by little. If you're going to do anything with your life, notice lasting success is achieved little by little. There are many people who arise overnight and build businesses overnight and plant churches overnight, but anything lasting needs depth. You're going to build a good life, it's going to take a lifetime. You're going to build a good marriage, it's going to take a lifetime. How does a a bird build a nest? Little by little. You want to build a home and a family? Most people get married and after three years, I married the wrong person. The devil tricked me. I was too young. No, no, no. A bird builds a nest little by little. That's how you build a life. That's how you build a marriage. And Noah built the ark. It's a picture of the church. It took 120 years. People go to the next happening place instead of staying here and building and building. Because when you finish the building little by little, that's when God sends all the animals from every species. But we hop on too quickly onto the next thing. We need to build. Remember David, anointed at 17, but it took 13 years before he was king of Hebron and king over all Israel. You get the promise, you get the anointing, you get the trumpet blown, you get all the endorsement, but it's little by little that maturity comes. Can I encourage you tonight, if you're addicted to something, if you're drinking, you're smoking dope, you're on alcohol, and you can't seem to get free, continue to come to church and lean into God and believe that He can break the chains one link at a time sometimes. Because He certainly will if you trust Him. He's the God of little by little. They said of Lazarus, loose him and let him go. The Lord didn't just strip it off. There was a process. And can I say this because there's so many young people in the room. If you're going to get married, don't do what the world does. Don't go on three dates in a dark room and stare into someone's face in an unnatural environment. And then when the chemistry is right, you rush home and tear each other's clothes off. You see it in the movies. People meet in a restaurant. The next minute, then the camera follows the panties and the high heel shoes and the socks and the jackets. And there they are in the bed and they want to build a lasting life. Get to know them little by little. Because one day when you get married and you look at your wife in the bed behind her, it's going to be her mom and her dad and her brothers. Not physically, but she brings everything with her. And you need to know that. Otherwise, we'll go through a three-year cycle of marriage and divorce, marriage and divorce, marriage and divorce. That's not God's plan. He builds lasting things little by little. I'm going to pray with you tonight. Have you been helped? Before I pray with you, I want to just tell you something interesting. Hopefully, you've been interested all night. But pre-1980, many women would have used hair dye that was bought in the shops to dye their hair and to beautify themselves. Box hair dyes. And pre-1980, they had ammonia in them. And people didn't know, women didn't know, but they caused bowel cancer, uh, blood cancer, uh, lung cancer. All kinds of complications came from using little bits. Little by little, the hair dye caused cancer. But they were trying to beautify themselves. And you know what I've discovered? In our world today, people don't want the real thing. They don't want the formal church. They want to buy the box version that they can self-apply. A little bit of a book from the bookstore, go to the spa, have the hot stones on me, read a little bit of this online, watch a little bit of Dr. So-and-so, and they try and self-apply. And they think it's helping them, but little by little, it's poisoning their spiritual lives. Instead of coming to He who is the great physician, who can do the work of grace and really color and beautify our lives. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 